Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. What is going on, sports fans? You are listening to The Sports Buzz, the podcast where we talk sports and get a buzz on. And as always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, the delicious Strangeland Brewery. A beer for every, any, and all occasions. You are hearing the voice of the unqualified producer, Ballad. Uh, once again, I'm the only one who could show up tonight. Uh, if you listened to last week's, up, or uh, I guess you say Tuesday's pro show, you know that there was some bad weather in Austin, and we decided not to do a show. Uh, but we wanted to get an amateur hour uh, on the record today, so we've got a little different show format coming up. But first, uh, before I get into that, I want to tell everybody that it is the 4th of January, 2018. Thursday night is the night that I'm recording. And uh, we've got a, a little interesting thing we're going to do tonight. First, I want to tell you about Strangeland Brewery. Uh, those who listen to the show know they are our day one sponsors. Uh, they're a fantastic local brewery here in Austin. Uh, go check them out at their brewery uh, located at Bee Caves and 360. You can also find their uh, brews in HEB, Twin Liquors, and most of your local bottle shops. So uh, if you want to support us, go support them. Helps us both out, and if you go to the brewery, make sure you tell them the the guys from Sports Buzz sent you. Um, So, let's get into a little bit of show business. Um, Tonight, like I just mentioned, we're doing a little different show format. Uh, It's just me in studio. Well, you know, I say that, but I've always got my trusty guy, Hank. Hank, what's going on? Howdy, fellas. I think, thanks for being here. I appreciate you, uh, you know, being committed to the podcast as, as much as I am. Absolutely. Yeah, so Hank and I are here together, but we're going to get the other hosts on the phone. We're going to kind of do a call-in podcast-type structured show. Uh, I've told the three hosts, Chad, Coach, and Spencer, I'm going to be calling them around this time. And I told them each to have a topic ready to talk about. I told it could be anything they want. I'm sure it's going to be bowl and football heavy. Uh, But we're going to get them on the phone, give them a couple minutes, talk about what they want to talk about, and then move on to the next one. So... Um, with that being said, next Tuesday, we're going to start our normal recording schedule, normal recording format. Um, so I appreciate all of our listeners out there bearing with us as we get through the holidays and it wouldn't be a show without a show bet. So, uh, tonight we've got some men's college basketball, 
uh, Houston taking on Wichita State in Kansas. Uh, this one over under set at 151, and you guessed it, we got the under tonight. So uh, I'll be keeping you guys up to date on that as we get through this episode. Game tips off in about two minutes. But with that being said, let's see if we can get our expert, Mr. Chad Goodall, on the phone. Let's see if he picks up. What's going on, Chad? How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's a little bit lonely in here, but there's lots of elbow room as well, so I can't decide which one I'm happier about. That's true. That's true. You can uh, pick your seat. I would assume, too, that you can sit anywhere around the table. You don't have to be in your regular position if you don't want to. You can switch for each one. Yeah, you know, I, I I just might, but there's also a very good chance that I won't. I'm in my normal chair. Left uh, left y'all's chairs open in in more of a show of of uh, solitude, but um, okay. yeah, feels feels well, good. Even better is if you actually put the whole show on by yourself and just imitated each person and went to each seat. <laughs> yeah, if, if only I had the time and energy for that. That that would have been a great idea. <laughs> Well, uh, Chad, I just started show business and let all the listeners know that we're doing a kind of call-in show style this week and that you all are each bringing a topic of choice to talk about. But before we get into that, I want to hear uh, how your New Year's Eve went. You came by here for a little bit, but uh, got any New Year's Eve or holiday stories you want to share? Oh, New Year's Eve holiday stories. Uh, so New Year's Eve great. Um, went to... Um, a comedy show, which was actually one that you guys saw all back, you and, and your girlfriend. Uh, it was fantastic. It was an improv show. It was hilarious. Um, after that, went to Sixth Street, um, where it actually started to snow, ironically, being in Texas, and all of your girlfriend's family had been talking from Wisconsin. They thought they were leaving snow, and lo and behold, they got snow. Um, so that was great. Um, so we were to Uber to your place. That is rough. Yeah, for those who don't know, Chad lives like a rock throw away from downtown. So uh, $45, that is that is about $40 too much. Exactly. Exactly. My Uber to get down there was $8.30. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's supply and demand for you, Chad. That's how, that's how America works. <laughs> how they get you, man. They just get yeah. Well, my man. Okay, I'd rather pay $45. All the payments for DWI. Amen to that. Um, well, Chad, I know you got another dinner you're trying to get to. Uh, what topic did you bring to the sports bus tonight? Man, I wanted to talk to you now about um, the conferences and how they did in all the bowls. Let's hear it. I know that uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit about you know, about conferences and how they stack up against the others. Um, you know, and especially with the way 
the SEC was this year with the top three teams in there, being uh, Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama. I was just curious to see how everyone stacked up against each other when it came down to the breakdown of how they actually did. Well, you know, started on, I'll definitely start in the SEC. Um, you know, the SEC was projected to go five wins or losses. And they ended up going four and five. Uh, Auburn was one of those losses, and the two wins came in the two games that mattered which uh, in the national championship semifinals. So um, it's hard to discredit that number per se. Auburn, with nine teams going, and you're supposed to be the best conference, projected to go five and four, and actually going four and five is really disheartening um, if you're an SEC fan, in my opinion. Um, you're supposed to be the leader of all the conferences. You're harped on all the time being the best conference. Well, when push came to show, everyone underperformed in, in the bowls, Auburn included. You know, they looked absolutely miserable in their bowl game. Um, so, moving on from the SEC. Well, real quick, speak, speaking about the SEC, you know, this supports pretty much what I've been saying all season that the SEC is on the down and they're top heavy. You know, you've got you've got four teams that are typically usually pretty good: Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and LSU. And everything beyond that is pretty much trash, and it has been for a while. And I think the you know, tell me your thoughts on this. I think the big problem is that these SEC schools do so much turnover on their coaches because of the expectations that Nick Saban has set. That they can't get any consistency in a program. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, absolutely on that. I think that Ole Miss was coming strong after a little while, but you get NCAA violation. Uh, you're no longer in, in the mix anymore. Uh, Mississippi State, whenever Dak Prescott was there, because you put him on, you know, senior, they were only eight or nine games. That's not the case anymore. Tennessee has fallen off completely. Florida was absolute trash this year. So you're getting no consistency anymore in the SEC, whereas in, in past years, or I would say, you know, eight years ago, nine, you know, seven to eight years ago, when Florida was actually really good, they were competing with Alabama. Auburn was there. Um, there were more teams in the mix at the top. Now, if Georgia this year is, they came from nowhere in my opinion. I didn't see them playing this well. Um, they played really well. Um, you know, Auburn and Alabama were, of course, in my opinion, going to be up there. Uh, every other team just underperformed this year. Uh, a lot of coaches got let go. I think that's how that's what we're going to see moving forward. Is kind of like how the Big Big Twelve is shifting up, is where you have two teams that are really at the top, and everyone else is chasing. Yeah, that that seems how how it is. So, uh, what's the next conference you want to talk about, Chad? Harp on them for a bit because I know uh, our, our boys, the Longhorns, are in this and they did get that W on the 27th. And the Big 12 was projected to go 3 and 5 in bowl games, and they actually flipped it and went 5 and 3, which is huge for the Big 12. We're also looking at a lot of teams that needed these wins. Uh, you look at Texas, for example, with a new head coach, they needed this bowl win to go ahead and solidify. You know, them really being back. They haven't won a bowl game since, or Texas hasn't won a bowl game since 2012. So, for them to get this win is 
Uh, you know, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Tech win? I think Tech lost. I can't remember anymore. I think Tech lost okay, to UCF. So, so, or USF. Yeah, USF. So, Tech, so Tech, Tech lost, and that would have been a big win for them if they would have gotten that. Just to keep the fifth plus Kingsbury around a little bit longer. I think that next year, if they start doing really bad, he's going to be let go. You know, Oklahoma losing in uh, the National Championship semifinal was another one of these losses as well. Um, the first year head coach. So, overall, I think the Big 12 did really good for what the Oklahoma team did. Want to move into another one? The Pac-12. Pac-12 was projected to go four and five. They went one and eight. Ugh. They won one bowl game, which to me signifies that the Pac-12 just completely fell off the map this year. Stanford, you know, was decent, but when it pushed through the shove, they couldn't really compete with anyone. Uh, you know, Washington, Washington State, all these teams just completely fell off the map in bowl season which, in my mind, puts him at the complete bottom of the Power Five conferences. Um, I think that with this, UCF should have been in a better bowl game due to this statistic right here. UCF could have played against anyone, and they could have beat everyone in the Pac-12. Next one I want to move to is the ACC. Real quick quick on the Pac-12. They did get one win, and that was Utah. And I just did a quick search. Since 1999, they've only lost one bowl game. And that was to that Boise State team uh, in 2010. So, I mean, Utah might be like the safest pick em bet in bowl history based on that. Absolutely. No, that, that's huge. That's a huge stat. Huge stat, Ballard. I mean, uh, you know, the Pac-12 has been really good. Like you said, last decade. And this year, for some reason, they just got outmatched all over the place. Which makes me wonder, you know, how good these teams are going to be next year. Because a lot of these teams were senior written, and they're going to be losing a lot of players as well. So, you know, this is huge to tell me that really no Pac-12 team is going to be in the National Football Playoffs next year. USC loses everyone. UCLA's losing everyone. Washington's losing everyone. Washington State is losing everyone. Uh, Stanford's losing. Prime time deal at running back. You know, this is huge in the shakeup of things because I think that in the next couple of years, you could actually see a team like UCF maybe get a spot in one of these Final Four playoff spots. If we see a couple teams if, if some of the teams at the top have two losses, you can see one of these undefeated teams slide in, which is huge. Yeah, and you know, you know who looks like a real genius right now is is Chip Kelly. You know, he had the option to go to Florida and coach in the SEC. I don't blame him at all for going to UC, uh, UCLA in the Pac-12. When you look around at the competition he has to play, if if his gig is to get in. Win a, couple, um, win a national championship quick and get back to the NFL, the Pac-12 is the place to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because the way Chip Kelly recruits, he's a West Coast-style coach to begin with. He can literally dominate the Pac-12 for years to come and pretty much potentially have his own Alabama in the Pac-12 to where they're just always the team to beat. Yep, Absolutely.
Uh, what you got next so, for me, Chad? So the complete opposite of the Pac-12, the Big Ten projected to go six and two. They go seven and one. And if it wasn't for Michigan blowing a sixteen-point lead, they would have went eight and zero in all of their bowl games. I think that whenever we actually look at this uh, from a broad standpoint here, I think the Big Ten is actually the toughest conference in the nation. Uh, especially right there in that stat is that these teams can beat any other team. It's just that when they play against each other, they're beating each other up throughout the season. So you look at like Ohio State and Wisconsin who kind of got shunned out of uh, you know the national playoff talk. These teams could have easily made a push for that fourth spot against Alabama or maybe even the third spot um, against Georgia. So, uh, I think what this actually shows is that the Big Ten, in my opinion, is now the conference to be. Even though Georgia and Alabama are the two in the national championship right now, you know, the Big Ten all around is the best conference, and they showed it in this bowl season by going 7-1. Yeah, and I got to eat crow on that because I was saying uh... – you know, two years ago at least, that the back that the Big Ten was weak. I didn't, I didn't, I thought they were pretenders, but uh, I was definitely proven wrong with their seven and one performance in the bowl season. What about Michigan though and Harbaugh to blow that late sixteen point lead against uh, against South Carolina? That is so unlike uh, Mr. Harbaugh. It's so unlike. It's so unlike him. Um, however quarterback that he had this year was absolutely awful. So, um, the defense just faltered down the stretch. Hats off to South Carolina and Will Muschamp pulling out all the stops in the second half. I mean, uh, South Carolina scored pretty early in the second half and took momentum. Michigan could never figure it out from then on. Jim Harbaugh hasn't had the, the best, you know, how can I put this? He hasn't had the best performance as a coach with Michigan, in my opinion. I mean, uh, he should have beaten Ohio State by now, or at least contended with them in his third year. So, I think next year's make or break for him. I think they have to go, you know, 9-3 for him to keep his job, uh, because now he's all his recruits, and if he can't win with them, what good is he? Yeah, nope, you are 100% right. Uh, Chad, you got another conference for us? So we can go to the ACC. ACC was projected to go 6-5, and five, and they went 8-3. and three. So, uh, you know, they definitely overperformed what they were supposed to do. Uh, but Clemson, the one team that was at the top of that conference and been at the top of that conference, couldn't get it done. Uh, the other team that's at the top of that conference that was supposed to get it done was Miami. Miami couldn't get it done. So, you look at the two top teams in that conference and the two teams that lost, uh, it's tough for me to say that uh, that was good bowl performance because when you're the top two teams in that, in your conference lose to the top teams in the other conferences, and you're kind of top heavy to begin with, it's tough to say you're making any leaps and bounds. I think it was a good performance. Uh, you know, of course, been at the top last year, uh, so they took a step back this year. However, I still 
right about, you know, three, right behind the SEC conferences right now. Yeah, when you consider that one of their bowl wins was Florida State over Southern Missouri, uh, not a terribly yeah. impressive win either there. So, yeah, I agree with you. The ACC took a big step back, especially with Florida State having such a terrible season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there with Willie Taggart as, as he steps into that role. No, absolutely. It absolutely will. Absolutely right. Um, well, Chad, can we get a prediction from you on the national championship? Uh, for those who live under a rock, Georgia is going to take on Alabama in Atlanta. Uh, right now, Alabama is, I believe, a four-point favorite. Uh, Chad, what is your first impression on that? Yeah, so um, it's tough for me because I think that uh, – Georgia showed that they can screw a lot of points, but they also showed they can give up a lot of points. Alabama showed that they can score enough to win and that their second half team, they just grind teams down. Georgia actually got better in the second half as well in their game as well. So um, I'm actually going to pick Georgia in this one to beat Alabama. And I think it's going to be by 10. Wow. Bold prediction from Mr. Goodall, the expert. But, you know, I, I guess that's why we we keep you around for those those sorts of things, huh? You gotta, you gotta make them every once in a while. You gotta make them every once in a while. So Alabama's gonna lose their second in a row in the national championship game. Well, you're the expert. Yeah, well, uh, Chad, appreciate you taking the time to call in. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for our regular show. Absolutely, buddy. Can't wait. Talk to you later. All right, Chad Goodall calling in. Um, I just came across something that I should have gone over in show business. I'm going to get to it right now. Uh, our our College Bowl Pick'ems Contest. Uh, thank you again to everyone who participated in that. Um, I'm just going to go over how the show did and who our winner is. So at the bottom of the show host, uh, Coach, uh, 21 picks correct. And that was good enough to get last place. So it's looking like Coach is going to be serving beers until March Madness starts. I don't know if he knows that or not, but I'll be sure to let him know when he calls in. Uh, right in front of him was me and my hamster, Lana. Uh, 22 picks, only got one game in front of him. And I, I got to say, I'm, I'm impressed that Lana finally got her sports uh, betting acclimate together, but I'm also disappointed in myself that I couldn't do better than a goddamn hamster. Uh, in front of me, Ty, is our expert Chad, who you just heard, and Spencer, with 23 picks correct. And then our winner, uh, and one of our most loyal listeners, Mr. Uncle Tom, with 25 picks correct in the 97.5 percentile. So, 
Big shout out to Uncle Tom. I'm going to see if I can get him on the phone in a second uh, once I get through these calls. But for now, I'm going to give Spencer a call and see what he talk that he brings. Um, and for those who care, I'm sure there's very few of them. Uh, the score right now is 918 with 13 minutes left to go in our show bet. Let's see if we can get Spencer on the phone. What's going on, Spencer? What is up? Hello. Uh, Hank's here, too. I don't know if I told you that or not. Oh, oh, Hank, Hank was able to make it. That's good. Yeah, you know, he, he's dedicated to the podcast, and, uh, you know, he, he he's he's here on time when I need him to every time. Yeah, no, he's definitely the most reliable person on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, well, that, there's no question about that. Um, <laughs> Spencer just got done talking to Chad. Talking a little conferences, and just so you know, I've filled in the the listeners that we're doing a little different show format tonight. Everyone's calling in with their own topic of choice. Uh, but be- before we get into your topic, uh, do you have any New Year's Eve stories? Any holiday stories you want to share? Um, nothing really. I mean, just drank a lot and stayed up way too late. Yeah, that well, that's what New Year's is all about, Spencer. So you you did the right thing. Yeah. But hey, you know, I ate the, I ate my, um, my cabbage and my black-eyed peas right as midnight hit, so, you know, everything's good. We're going to have a good year. All right, so let's circle to that real quick. So I've always heard that you're supposed to eat black-eyed peas on New Year's for good luck, but what you, you eat cabbage as well, or were you just on a budget? Yeah, no, no, cabbage is, uh, is, is good wealth. Oh, well, I fucked that up. I've got, so you got some, yeah, you got good luck and good wealth, and, uh. My mom makes a pretty cool, like, um, kind of like a, a crunchy Asian coleslaw. It's made with, like, a vinegar instead of your normal, like, mayonnaise base. Um, pretty delicious. Get your cabbage in there. Um, got some crunchy ramen. Just try it out. and see the recipe for Sounds good. Well, I'm going to be lucky as hell this year without any money, apparently. So, don't know what good that does. <laughs> hey, maybe your luck will turn into winning the lottery. And that, that entails money. Yeah, I'd have to be dumb enough to play the lottery first. Um, <laughs> all right, Spencer, what do you got for me tonight? Well, I thought maybe we could talk uh, talk the Rose Bowl, talk OU and uh, and Georgia. It's the second best Rose Bowl game I've ever seen. Um, close second behind Texas USC, um, and following closely behind that was Texas and Michigan the year before Texas USC. So um, it was a hell of a game. Well, hold on. What about that um, USC Penn State game last year? That was a pretty good Rose Bowl. It was decent. It was decent. It didn't draw my attention, obviously, like a UT game would. Um, but uh, this year had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, if you're if you're someone who hates defense and loves points, uh, this Rose Bowl was definitely for you. What was it? A, a hundred plus points scored in total? Uh, yes, um, hundred and two. Yeah, fifty four forty eight. Um, and there was a couple times I thought this game was over for both teams. Um, uh, obviously, uh, 31-17 at halftime. The weird deal at halftime, though, is when OU scored, got the Baker Mayfield receiving touchdown, which was a great play call, by the way. Um, they went up 31-14, and I thought, this is getting out of hand. This is OU's offense is just that good. And, um, and then they tried to squid kick it, and the kicker kicks it right to the front man, 
and he handles it, and they're able to get a playoff and then kick a 50, 55-yard field goal um, with old Rex Beck back there. Uh, I think they called him Hot Rod, um, which kind of changed the momentum for Georgia, in my opinion. They, they had something to look forward to going into halftime. Um, yeah, I mean, OU came out and was dominating the game, but that squid kick just messed everything up. Yeah, and they, they talked to uh, Lincoln Riley at halftime, and they said, what was the deal there? And he said, well, they're just trying to squib it down there and hope it doesn't hit somebody, and he just hit a bad kick and it hit somebody. Just, I mean, they're college kids. They're not, they're not professional athletes. They're going to screw up every now and then. So I get that. It happens. But that was a momentum change, in my opinion. Um, Georgia comes out and puts a touchdown on the board and then holds OU, I think, to two or three, three and outs in a row. Um, and then jumped back in the lead, outscored OU in the third quarter. Um, 14-0, the two touchdowns that they put up in the third quarter were huge um, to tie everything back up at 31. And then to come out and score again to make it 38-31. So... The 24 straight points from Georgia was uh, was about the time that I thought maybe OU was done. Um, I mean, you, you watched that Georgia defense finally uh, figuring out what they were going to run and, and how to stop Baker. And then you see Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle just absolutely destroying the OU defense. I mean, they did whatever they wanted the entire game. It was was actually pretty impressive. I mean, they're clearly the two best running backs in the country. Um, Michelle ended up averaging 16.5 yards of carry. He had three touchdowns on the ground, added another one through the air. Um, I mean, the guy was just an absolute animal, and it was fun to watch. Um, then OU did what OU does and tied everything up. Um, and then you get the absolute weirdest play of the game was when Michelle fumbled, because he hadn't fumbled since freshman year. He's a four-year senior. And OU goes and scores, and then gets the ball back again with like six minutes left. I thought it was over. I thought OU's going to run the clock out. They're going to score another touchdown. This game is done. I don't know what you were thinking there. I thought Baker was going to just solidify this thing and go out on top. Yeah, you, you would expect that from Baker. That's kind of been the guy he's been all season. You win a Heisman. He, um, you know, that's the kind of bravado that, and performance that you expect from, you know, a, 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 touch, a QB of his caliber at this stage. But I guess maybe a little uh, luck runs out for, for Mr. Mayfield. Yeah, and I, I got to give credit where credit to you. I mean, Jake Brom, you know, didn't have a a huge stats game, didn't light it up all over the place. But he went 20 for 29, threw, threw for over 200, and he had two touchdowns. And uh, he just relied on his running backs, and that's all he had to do, and, and then just manage the game, which is what an Alabama quarterback's going to do. Um, and to get that tying touchdown, I thought, even then, I still thought that it was too much time for Baker. I thought he was going to come back with, I think, just under a minute, 55 seconds left, and three touchdowns, or three timeouts. Um, and OU was kind of conservative. They, they really didn't try to push the effort and try to score. Um, I don't know, that was kind of a weird deal, a weird series for me. Um, 
which kind of led into overtime, which was another couple of weird plays that OU ran, and especially after Georgia kicked a field goal on the opening possession of overtime, uh, you would have thought OU would have been aggressive, tried to go for it, score a touchdown, and win the game, finish this thing off. Um, they were pretty settled to uh, to just run the ball, and if you don't get there, just kick the field goal and go to second overtime, which I thought was a little weird from Lincoln Riley, who's the first half he was calling everything right. It looked like they changed their offensive game plan. Yeah, it did, and um, quickly, I, I want to circle back to what you were talking about the, and the two Georgia running backs that obviously were huge parts of this game. They have quietly been the best running back combo in college football this season, but I say quietly because you, up until like the last few weeks, you really haven't heard that many people talk about it up until they beat Auburn and now they beat OU. Um what, what do you think the reasoning is? Why, why aren't these guys only just now getting the attention they deserve? Well, the Georgia defense, um, I think, was fourth in the nation. So the defense got a lot of the credit. Uh, they had a quarterback injured early, so Jake Brom had to come in as a true freshman. Uh, so he's not going to put up crazy numbers. Um, their defense scores touchdowns quite, quite a bit. Um, but really, I mean, you knew Nick Chubb and, and Sony Michelle were returned to Georgia for the, both of their senior seasons to come win a national title, uh, which I love when kids do. I mean, it's such a cool story, especially if they get the opportunity to get there and do it. Um, so I'll be rooting for Georgia. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the SEC is there's so many good running backs. Carry um, on Johnson with Auburn. Uh, you got uh, Bo Scarborough at Alabama. Uh, I mean, there's just workhorses all over the SEC. So uh, when you run a two-headed monster like Georgia does, I mean, the, those two guys only combined for 25 carries in the game, uh, but had over 300 yards rushing in the game. So um, they did the most with what they with the carries they get. I mean, Chubb finished with over 10 yards a carry, um, with Michelle over 16 and a half a carry. I mean, it's just ridiculous numbers that they put up. Yeah, so uh, Georgia wins fifty-four to forty-eight in the second overtime, sending them into yeah, the, the national field goal. The blocked field goal. I mean, oh. you almost you almost felt that that was that something was going to have to happen. Otherwise, they were just going to keep trading field goals. Um, and the guy who blocked it, I mean, he just split the split the lineman got a piece of it, and I, when he blocked it, I still thought it was going to go in the way it was spinning. It was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, they, they deserved the win, and it was it was one for the ages. I mean, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, it definitely, um, it definitely lived up to his name. Absolutely. So yeah, that sends Georgia to the national championship, where they're going to take on Alabama. Uh, Bama right now a four-point favorite. Uh, Spencer, what's your first impression on the national championship? one because originally I had um, OU winning and winning at all and then when OU and Clemson lost I changed my national championship pick to the winner of the Alabama Clemson game um, so right now I have Alabama winning that game I think it's going to be close um, I think we're going to see obviously a lower scoring game the defenses are going to dominate uh, there's so much speed on 
on both of those defenses. It's there's athletes all over the field. Um, you got the Buckets winner uh, with Georgia, um, and it's it's going to be one of those. You know, I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be quote unquote a boring game um, that you know most football fans today don't like watching. There's not going to be a bunch of scoring. Uh, you're not going to see uh, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb averaging over 10 yards a carry each. Um, Jake Brom is going to struggle with Alabama's defense, but Jalen Hurts and Alabama, they're going to struggle with Georgia's defense. There's no way that Bo Scarborough is just going to run all over that, that defense. They're, they're too big and too fast. Um, I expect this to be a low scoring. What's the over-under on this game? Over-under hasn't been released yet. But over under hasn't been released, but uh, Bama's favored by four. Anything over 45 points, I'd probably take the under. Um, This is going to be a real low scoring game. Uh, I'm thinking like a 17 14 game. Maybe maybe something weirder than that. I stand stand corrected. Uh, The over under is at 45 right now. Boom. Did I just set that line for us? That's pretty solid. I think you did. I think you did. Uh, oof. 45, that's uh, the number I said I would take under. Um, and I really think this is going to be like a 20 to 14 or 2017 game. Um, with the, with the four point line though, um, I would take, I would take Georgia in that one. Um, this is, this is just going to be two, two really good defenses just butting heads all, all night long. Yeah, I uh, like like you said for for folks who are not fans of defense, this game is going to be disappointing. But if you like hard nosed <laughs> defense and running the ball right up the middle, uh, it's going to be a, a wet dream. There's going to be a lot of that, a lot of running up the middle, and um, you're going to see some you're going to see some hard hit and a lot of speed. Absolutely. Well. Spencer, appreciate you calling in. We will see you next Tuesday uh, during our normal recording. Yes, sir. I'll see you next week. Thanks for uh, reaching out. Have a good one. Absolutely. Later, bud. All right. That was Spencer. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with uh, Coach and his topic. Well, y'all come back now, you hear? So it's a just me, trust me Something in the bed just above me Something like a dream state You call it a clean break Do you feel the vibes, baby? Do you feel the vibes? Alright, welcome back. You're listening to the Sports Buzz. Got the unqualified producer ballot here. Filling in, doing the call-in show with the host. Uh, update, our show bet was a winner. Got the under on the, uh, guy can't remember what game it was, but we did. And, uh, it's been a couple hours, but we got Coach ready to call in, so I'm gonna, gonna see if we can get him on the phone now. Better pick up. Let's see. Yeah, hello, this is Coach. Hey, 
Hey, Coach, what's going on? How's the evening going? Oh, you know, it's going pretty well, Producer Ballard. Uh, what, what do I owe this pleasure of getting a phone call from you? Well, we got the Sports Buzz call-in special show. When, oh, that's uh, right, we got a show to do, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, everyone seemed to have forgot. J- just, me and, just me and Hank here tonight. Is that you? <laughs> oh, glad, glad Hank's keeping up with things. Yeah, you know, well, he's, he, I can always trust on him to be here, but, uh... I can't say that. Yeah, about, about you guys, so, uh, yeah, well, it's good to, good to finally hear from you, though. Well, hey, I'm, I'm still, I'm still kicking, so, you know, things are good. Very good. Well, Zach, uh, I haven't seen you in a while. How was your I New Year's take, Eve? Take a drink for that, by the way. Oh, damn it, I will take one. Yeah, but... I got my beer in front of me, so you know we're good. <laughs> yeah, so while I, while I sip on this strange land, uh, tell me about your New Year's Eve. Oh, you know, so New Year's is getting a little different in my uh, my old age. You know, I studied a lot of film over my days. Uh, I think I perfected the art of the New Year's thing. Uh, you know, conditions weren't so great this New Year's. Uh, so I decided to uh, DVR all the ball-dropping shows. Uh, woke up the next morning, started drinking early. I mean, you can't, you can't be drink, drunk all day until it starts the morning, right? That's very true. Uh, Science. And then watched some ball dropping in the morning with a nice little glass of prosecco. So it was, it was good, good celebration day. I never really understood, or I stopped understanding why the ball dropping is so significant. People were at my house and they were yelling that we couldn't get the ball dropping on the TV. And I was like, I, I don't understand why you want to see it so much. Who, who cares? <laughs> What you should have done is you should have got a, a different kind of ball of your own, or, you know, crystal ball, uh, glass, a melon even, because it's spherical, uh, and you should have just dropped it on your own in your kitchen floor at midnight. Uh, that would have been, I mean, that would have been Liddy AF, fam, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, wish, wish you could have been here for that suggestion, because I would have been all in on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good New Year's morning, I should say. Good to hear. Well, uh, Coach, I asked everyone to prepare a topic. I know you forgot the show, but uh, did you at least ask on a talk that you want to talk about? Hey, I forgot the show, but I know what's going on. Uh, my UCF Knights are undefeated. Uh, they're the champs. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but they're the champs. Oh, my they God. Beat, uh, they beat your old Tigers. They didn't beat them. They whooped them. The score didn't even show it. That they took it to... Uh, Haley's Auburn Tigers. <laughs> oh, 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 you know, uh, go ahead and uh, excuse yourself from that team now. No, 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 there, no. I, I, I obviously root for them for them, but when they, when they get a loss like that, it's, uh, it's Haley's all to bear. Hey, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, you know, it, it was a really good game, honestly. Like, I was really impressed with uh, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, uh, tied at twenty after three quarters of play. Uh, we had ourselves a good ball game, but I think the uh, the biggest story of this whole game was the turnover battles. You know, Stidham had the fumble, the two interceptions, uh, one of them being a pick six. They were all just big plays in the game, um, and all of the turnovers for Auburn seemed to come at the worst possible moments for them. So um, I think that's kind of the biggest story. I don't know if you saw this. But uh, the athletic director for UCF, the uh, Golden Knights, uh, Danny White, I believe is the athletic director's name, he, uh, he's going to go ahead and claim a national title. The only undefeated team of 2017, they're going to hang a banner uh, in the stadium. 
uh, and they're going to throw a party uh, parade in at uh, Walt Disney World in Orlando. So I don't know if you saw any of that, but I thought that was a pretty hilarious story. Um, it reminded me of the old uh, Pete Carroll USC Trojans when they claimed their uh, non-championship game, national championship. I had heard that they were starting the to, to claim that and they're going to get t-shirts made and even pay their coaches out their championship bonus uh, money, but I had not heard about the Disney World edition. That's pretty That's pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, being a school in Orlando, it seems uh, pretty nice and fitting to take a, a little trip to Walt Disney World right down the street. I, I thought it was hilarious, and I completely agree with UCF here, honestly. I mean, Danny White's the man. He's got, you know, obviously sports has changed in recent decades, but he's got the analytics down here on this one. Let me, let me break this down for you real quick, Valid. So, the Auburn Tigers beat Georgia Bulldogs uh, in a regular season SEC game, yes or no? True. Okay. Auburn then went into uh, old Alabama, Nick Saban's house, beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. True or false? False. That game was at Jordan O'Hare in Auburn, Alabama. It was in Auburn. However, <laughs> the result's still the same, correct? Auburn beating Alabama. Oh, whoop, whoop their ass. Whooped him. Uh, our national championship uh, seems to be Georgia and Alabama, the two teams that lost to Auburn. UTF beat Auburn. They're also undefeated. Uh, ipso facto, the UCF Golden Knights are our national championships this year. I mean, it's got to be undisputed at this point, right? You know what? I can't really argue with that. And when I hear it like that, that kind of means that Auburn was in the national championship playing against the Knights. So does that make them n- number two? So technically, this Georgia Alabama match is really for third and fourth it's place. This is a bronze medal game. You know what? That makes that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think uh, for UCF, it's really good. Uh, Scott Frost obviously finished the season with them. He's going back to Nebraska, his alma mater, to coach after this year. Um, so I think it was just a fitting story that UCF won, honestly. And it's really hard to stop a team with a dual-threat quarterback like Mackenzie Milton. He went off for over 350 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, good good for the, the Golden Knights. I think it's a fitting way to end their season. I don't think Auburn had too much to play for, especially after losing the SEC championship. So I, I feel like this game was a little bit, uh, you know, lean towards UCF the whole way. Um, but, I mean, you got to feel good for the uh, underdog undefeated. Yeah, you know, this game obviously was hard to watch with Auburn being the team that I root for with my lady. But uh, I gotta, I got to ask you this, though. Whenever UCF marched down and then missed that field goal to keep Auburn within seven points, did you think it was going to happen? Oh, I, I thought Jared Stone was going to take him, take him to the promised land. <laughs> Almost, just not all the way. Yeah, but you know, and and that and that was obviously heartbreaking. But the I was able to find a little pleasure in this game, and that I predicted it perfectly. I knew that Auburn was going to lose this game because, just like you mentioned earlier, they had nothing to play for. UCF had everything to play for, and it was I I just knew this was going to be the outcome. So I kind of went into it not even hopeful because I I just knew that there was. No way Auburn is going to win this game. So, um, But the thing about the UCF Knights that I really liked and was an awesome story was uh, Shaquem Griffin, the one-armed 
uh, linebacker who had a stellar day, 12 total tackles, uh, six of them solo, just just a monster. Did you uh, did you catch that? Monster day. Um, honestly, he is literally the heart and soul of that team, uh, especially on defense. Um, and, I mean, I thought it was pretty fitting that they got to end the game with an, an interception in the end zone off Stidham. Um, this Golden Knights defense has just been the motor that powers this team. Obviously, their offense scores a lot of points behind Milton, but their defense stands tall when they need to, and they've made tons of big plays this year. Um, obviously, you saw the pick six, but Shaquem Griffin with 12 tackles, it's amazing. He, he dominated both defenses in this game, was just a standout player, and the fact that he's got an arm and a half just makes it that much better of a story. Yeah, easy guy to root for, and can't wait to watch him play on Sunday, because he's got a, a twin brother who's already in the NFL. Uh, I don't know his first name, but something Griffin. So uh, people are saying that he's definitely going to get a look, and I can't wait to follow him in his uh, career. But Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, so um, let's get into the national championship, the the so-called national championship. Really, we know it's for third and fourth. Uh, Alabama, Alabama and Georgia line right now. Bama minus four. Uh, coach, what's your first impression? Uh, my first impression is I, I do not like Bama. Um, they're they're a very seemingly slow team that comes out on offense, and I think with the way Georgia's playing right now. Um, it's nothing to lose. They're playing downhill, and it's all in the hands of their two senior backs, uh, in Nick Chubb and Michelle. Um, and from a freshman quarterback, although has looked outstanding, uh, it's really relying on these two guys and, and the five guys up front on the offensive line. They have been dominant up front, and they have been running downhill um, for the last three games, really. And Georgia looks really good. Um, I'm surprised Alabama is favored. Just the way they came out, I mean, their defense looks good, but their offense is slow at times. They seem to start a lot of games really slow. And I just don't think this is going to be a national championship where you're going to be able to make up a ton of ground um, in the second half. Obviously, Georgia had to do it against Oklahoma. Um but I think that just bodes well for them going in the national championship. I think Georgia's just playing lights out right now. I think the front line on both sides of the football is just too good. Um, and my first impression is that Georgia is just a faster team with less to lose in this game. All right. So, so far tonight, we have everyone has been for Georgia. Chad picked Georgia. Spencer picked Georgia. And now you've picked Georgia. So now I guess I should give my first impression, and I didn't plan it this way. I've unfortunately been on this side the whole time, but I'm taking Alabama in this one. Minus four. I think that Nick Saban has just been here too many times and is just going to have his guys way more prepared than the Georgia team. This is uh, Kirby Smart's first national championship as a head coach, and if you remember, he coached under Saban as defensive coordinator before he got the job at Georgia. So I think there's even a little bit of a big brother, little brother um, storyline that, that could, you know, affect the game in some way. The other thing... You know, what I think is the most interesting thing is that defensive coordinator spot, because uh, the defense is the best thing going for Alabama right now. 
Absolutely. And, you know, people obviously are talking about the running back duo from Georgia, but don't forget about Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough. They are two bad, bad guys in the backfield who can really punish a defense as well in a game like this. Oh, Jalen Hurts is no slouch. I think if Jalen Hurts really shows up for this game, um, he could be the biggest impact for Alabama. Um, I don't, I don't not like Alabama as a pick. I just am fundamentally against Nick Saban as a coach. You know, I mean, obviously I'm in the coaches international association, so you know, all of us coaches get the, the monthly newsletter. We talk. Uh, Nick Saban is a big topic of discussion, uh, and I'm just fundamentally against the guy. So. You know, I got to root for Kirby Smart. I mean, he is as country bumpkin of a coach as you can get without going full 15 gumbo Ed Orgeron on it. But uh, I, I just like this Georgia story, and I think that they're they're playing with a little bit of momentum. And I think when you have teams with nothing to lose, that's what makes them so dangerous. Look, I am not advocating for Nick Saban. If anything, I wish <laughs> I wish both these teams could lose this game, but that's just not how it works. And if I have to pick. Uh, team and put my money somewhere, it's probably going to be on Alabama minus four, and that's my first impression. Hey, that's a safe bet, and uh, as you and me know, this is uh, this is the bronze bowl, you know, this is for their place, so uh, I guess they really got nothing to play for at this point. That may be the case. Well, uh, I'm about to close out the show. You got anything you want to say uh, before I let Hank send us out? Uh, you know what? I think Hank's been doing his due diligence. He's been putting in the work at the office. Uh, Hank, wrap us up. Get us out of here, bud. Oh, uh, don't worry about that. Yeah, he said he's going to take care of it. Um, you know, Hank had a pretty good time tonight. He was a little quieter than I thought he was going to be. Shut up, I'm talking uh, here. Well, well, now he wants to talk, but, um, you know, from, uh, the hosts, I'm Ballad. This has been an episode of the Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Cheers. This party is officially over. Thank <laughs> you.